Hello and welcome to another edition of Thoughts from Player One, the podcast where we take an in-depth look at one story or narrative-focused game and give our thoughts about it. As always, I'm Alex. I'm Duncan. And this week, we are talking about none other than Danganronpa Trigger Happy Havoc. Um, We've mentioned this game a number of times so far on this podcast because we streamed through the entirety of it, so that'll inform this conversation. But in case you know nothing about it, it is a game that came out... uh, it came out on November 25th, 2010, developed by Spike Chunsoft. It was written by Kazutaka Kodaka, apparently. I didn't know that until looking at this document literally right now. <laughs> and it was uh, you can pick it up for $19.99 right now. I believe that is from Steam. Duncan, yes. do you want to tell us a little about this game that we are so very excited to, to finally sit down and talk about? Yeah, so if you don't know anything about Danganronpa, I'm going to break it down for you, just a general understanding. Then we're going to move through our spoiler-free thoughts, get you to uh, understand some of the characters, then we'll uh, we'll, we'll spoil the story a little bit, and then uh, go through uh, like just talking about the game overall, just so you know what our uh, agenda is here. So Danganronpa is a visual novel game where you, uh, Makoto Naegi, have entered a school of ultimate students and it's your first day and you go up to the the school and you get knocked out and oh my god there are 14 other students and a crazy bear and that crazy bear tells you that you're in this killing game where you have to kill one of the other students to graduate quote unquote which means that you get to leave and I'm, so, if, I'm sorry. We can't. Yeah. We can't just move on from you saying there are 14 other students and this crazy bear <laughs> who tells you you're in a killing game where you need to murder the other students. <laughs> well, well, but, I but could that's not kind of handle that change in tone. But that's kind of this game, though, right? Like it's kind it of really got this it really very. Really it's got this very like dark setup where it's like we're like this edgy saw game where you have to kill or be killed or never escape but it's it's all dressed in this extremely like kind of funny self-aware bizarre uh 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 anime trope dressing uh but but yeah the the rules of the game are you can kill a student and then there's a trial and if you win the trial and figure out who did it, just the person who killed the other person gets executed. But if the person were to, oh, I don't know, get away with murder, then everyone else dies and then they, quote unquote, graduate leaving the school. Uh, so, you know, the game follows a pretty simple cycle. You witness a murder, you investigate the murder, you do the trial, and then someone gets ex- executed. Um, or maybe you all get time. executed. And then there's free time where you get to know the characters who are all extremely deep and good and everything like that. Uh, so um, that's the general <laughs> elevator pitch for this game. Um, Alex, tell me about your thoughts on this game overall. And again, as Alex said, we did stream it. So I think a lot of our feelings and thoughts about it are going to be influenced by that. And we'll talk a little bit more about that uh, on the back end. Yeah, and I guess we should say up front, if you are interested in the game, but you don't want to just like hear us talk about it and you haven't played it before, you can watch our full playthrough on YouTube if you go check it That's out. Right. We do have every single episode exported as a VOD. It is too many hours of the- 41, <laughs> <laughs> but but I promise you it's worth it just like watch episode one and then get like an idea of it and just kind of get a feel because uh, it, it's, a, it's a pretty interesting game, but go ahead. Mm-hmm. So this... Um, 
I feel like I took a weird roundabout path with this game, which is that I, you know, when we started it, I was like, hey, this is kind of, it's very jarring <laughs> in how much it just commits to what it's going for and how wild the characters are and how wild the premise is and how much it just expects you to take it at face value for a lot of it. Um, and, and I think when I first started it, I enjoyed it a lot because we were streaming it and kind of like ragging on it a little bit and maybe like poking fun at it, but, you know, enjoying the atmosphere. Um, I think there was a while there in the middle where I got real sick of the game. Um, and I think part of that is my own expectations because I think I was coming to it expecting maybe something a little bit, I don't know, maybe a little more serious, a little more trimmed around the edges in terms of what it was actually trying to do. But once I, you know, once I came to terms, you know, 15, 16 hours into our stream that we were going to be doing it for another 20 hours and then just decided to like accept the game for what it was, I ended up really enjoying it quite a bit. Um, you know, I, I, I think the game is, as, as Duncan said up top, it's extremely self-aware. It knows what it is and what it's doing. So the writing reflects that really well. Um, you know, I, I think we've mentioned this a number of times where, we would be, you know, voicing the characters and reading it out loud, and then we would make, like, a, a somewhat obvious joke just, like, at the expense of the character who just spoke and have a good laugh with it and then move on to the next line of dialogue and a character in the scene <laughs> would make that exact same joke because it was yeah. obvious and, like, the game knows that that's what people are going to be thinking when they're playing it. So I, I ended up appreciating it a lot for that. I think, you know, it maybe doesn't stick the landing for me 100%, uh, and I think it has some serious pacing issues at a lot of different points, um, but I think it, it just, it ended up being a lot of fun, right? I'm not, I don't think this is, like, going to change how I feel about characterization in games. I don't think it's going to make me feel like, oh, well, this is, like, a new level of visual novel that I didn't know could exist, but I had a blast with it, and I'm really excited to continue on to the second game in the the series to, like, just see what they continue to do and how they how they up the ante with this game going forward yeah my my thoughts are pretty pretty similar some additional things i gotta say is it's like it's the best it's it, it like alex said there's nothing too outstanding or amazing about it but it's like the best b movie you know what i mean like when you have those kind of movies that you like to watch because they're they're kind of bad and self-aware and funny and things like that it's mm -hmm. it's a lot like that um and i love it for that but it also has a lot of things that i think are really um attractive to me in a game or and especially in a visual novel where i think it's got quite a lot of style um mm -hmm. i think a lot of the scenes um, the execution scenes and some of the ways they have decided to design the characters are actually really unique and and kind of interesting. I I, I kind of love the character design. I mean, not all of them, but quite a lot of them. And um, the music's great. Um, the the writing is is fine, but again, it's like a lot of a lot of it is very humorous. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I can't really think of too much else over the top of it, but... I want to say, uh, like, I, I ragged on the writing, but I think a lot of my ragging on the writing was just the speed at which it moved. Yes. Because it yeah. felt like it was really holding your hand and, like, it would repeat things you needed to know over and over again. But the, like... There are, like, moments of really good characterization and writing throughout the game. It's not like it is a poorly written game or anything like that. It's not like it is only built up for the jokes. It has good stuff in there. I think the general, like, central mystery develops in a really interesting way throughout the, um, you know, entirety of the game. And I think it, that kept me hooked for the, you know, the majority of it when it started to be introduced. Again, it just 
spends way too long going over points it doesn't need to continue to go over in the way that it does. Yeah, it could definitely be like five or six or ten hours shorter, to be, to be <laughs> honest. And and that reminded me of another thing is it's like I don't think we were ever able to call things so easily t- towards the mid-late game. Like there's a lot of stuff early that was like, okay, this is the obvious who did it kind of thing. But there were a lot of mysteries where we were just left like, who did it? Like mm-hmm. there's a point where you're called to say, okay, it's time for the the class trial and you need to know who did it. And in the game, the game holds your hand through it and is like, okay, these are the questions that need to be asked and everything like that. Um, oh, by the way, uh, if, if, if this premise isn't crazy enough, during the trial, you have a, uh, a, a revolver of truth bullets that you shoot lies with. <laughs> so, you know, they're just flying words on the screen, which, which by the way, I was, I was um, uh, looking something up on YouTube about this game. I don't remember what I was looking up. I think I was looking for a scene, and mm. I saw... I saw a VR version of this game that was on the PlayStation Network for a while, I guess, like for like a what? free like test demo. Yeah, and you you can like shoot it with the the VR one. <laughs> <laughs> it looks so goofy because all the characters had like real 3D models, and you were like standing right next to one of the characters, and it looked so uncomfortable. Those characters do not look good in 3D. Uh, That's but fucking wild. <laughs> it was so bizarre. Um. But yeah, I, I I adore this game though. I love it. It's it's uh I was kind of I think I pitched this game a while ago, uh, mm, and we kind did. of put it we put it on the back burner a lot of the times, which isn't like like Alex didn't want to play this. It was just like it, it just kind of fell behind. And I'm really really happy we revisited it because it's probably one of the most fun games that I've ever streamed. So yeah, yeah, I love fully it. fully agree. I'm like like Duncan said. Tons of fun streaming it. There's a reason we are going to stream the second one of these games, and it's not because we felt we needed to complete the story. It's because we had a blast every single time we sat down to stream it. So, for sure, very um, very excited to to jump into that. So, if you need a reminder, or like kind of uh, you've never played and are still here, um, uh, we're just gonna kind of list the characters from top to bottom here and just kind of give you their trope. Because the what they're ultimate at is basically their trope of who they are. So when I mm-hmm. say ultimate baseball player, you know exactly who they might be or, like, the ultimate writer. Uh, so we'll, we'll kind of go down the list uh, so you have a memory of those characters. Um, so I'll, I'll start with, with Makoto, who is the main character, who is the ultimate uh, lucky student, I guess. Um, yep. Because he was drawn in a... Uh, drawn as the out of everyone as like a, a what is that called a lottery. Oh my god lottery thank you D- drawn in a lottery to uh to win uh going to the school following up that we have kyoko kirigiri who is the uh we find out later she does not uh openly admit what her ultimate ability is so i guess <laughs> spoilers at this point if you you know going forward from here um, but she is, to absolutely nobody's surprise, the ultimate detective. So she is, you know, um, I mean, she's just, she's basically the Sherlock Holmes throughout the story. She's always the one that is, is helping you go along. Um, and, you know, I'll take this next one, too. This next one is Byakuya Togami, who oh is the boy. ultimate <laughs> We're doing this, aren't we? affluent student. Um, so 
Uh, he is the ultimate affluent progeny, so his, his whole thing is uh, he comes from a super rich family. That's his whole thing, is he comes from a super rich family, and also he's like, you know, he went to private school and shit, so he's really smart and also is, like, good at figuring things out. Um, Why don't you take this next one? <laughs> yeah, I'll take this next and one. Not this the, next not one the is, spoiler bit, though. No, this next one is Toko Fukawa, who is the ultimate... God, I hate this. <laughs> I wish I hadn't committed to it. These are the voices we did for all the characters. Um, she is yeah. the ultimate writer, so she is a um, very kind of nervous, reserved... Uh, I think she primarily writes romance novels, I wanted to say. Um, yeah. But she's like yeah. a very prolific writer in the scene. I don't know how to pronounce this character's first name. I think Ow? Aoi? A-O-I. My deepest apologies. Uh, Aoi Asahina, uh, which was the ultimate swimmer. Uh, she is... <laughs> that's it. She's just very athletic and uh, likes sweet food. Mm-hmm. There you go. <laughs> uh, following her, you have Yasuhiro Hagakure, who's the ultimate fortune teller. He's very much like a... Not... He's he's like, God, how to how to best describe him? He's like a very high dude who's super into like crystals and shit, but not the occult. Uh, and that's mm-hmm. kind of his whole personality. Is think like, think Shun lives guy. definitely lives like California Bay region stuff like that. He's he's super super weird and laid back, but he's one of my favorite characters. Mm-hmm. This one's still you. Fuck, I forgot this one was me. Uh, <laughs> I don't I don't remember the voice for this one because I took her over very shortly before she died. Uh, the next one is Sayaka Maizano, who is the ultimate pop idol. So she is very, you know, bubbly, happy pop idol. Um, she kind of plays as a foil to Makoto early on in the story, but that, you know, she dies. So... <laughs> hmm. I thought we were doing spoils here, but... I said right. we were doing spoils up top. Okay. All right. Then you have... Uh, Chihiro Fujisaki, who's the ultimate programmer. That's pretty much it. That's <laughs> it. Are, <laughs> they are Baby. small, and they are good at computers. Mm-hmm. Following that, you have Mondo Awada, who's the ultimate gang leader. Who <laughs> he's, he's in a motorcycle gang, and he says fuck and shit a lot. He swears a lot. That's kind of his whole thing. Everybody gets, like, you know, three or four voice lines that play behind their actual dialogue, and a lot of his are just, you piece of shit. <laughs> and it it rules. It rules so much. And you have Keiotaka Ishimaru, who is the ultimate moral compass, but he's just kind of the leader. Like, he just wants to lead mm-hmm. and, and organize everything. Absolutely. Next, with no inflection whatsoever in the voice, you have Hifumi Yamada. Who is <laughs> no, <the> <laughs> hold on. Back up. Back up. Rewind. It's rewind time. Next, next we have Hifumi yeah. Yamada, who is the ultimate fan fiction writer, who is just every awkward, uncomfortable, cringe trope you can possibly imagine. He's them all wrapped into one. <laughs> next, you have Celestia Ludenberg, uh, who is the ultimate gambler. Uh, she's not Southern. I just decided that uh, she would revolve, uh, di- er, revolve. Uh, yeah, no, that's the right no, word. That's right. Uh, yeah. Different <laughs> accents. Uh, she's like a. Uh, gothic gothic lolita like style of clothing and mm-hmm. uh she's just very kind of dark mysterious kind of person yep next you have sakura ogami that was not her voice her voice is much more like sakura Sa- sakura ogami who is a um she's a she's big huge fighter it's her whole thing she mm-hmm. trained her whole life to fight she loves protein shakes stuff like that that's her whole kind of trope 
Uh-huh. No clue who voiced this next one. Don't couldn't possibly that was, remember. That was you. Couldn't couldn't have been me. Uh, next again, do not remember her voice. You have Junko Enoshima, who is the ultimate fashionista. Um, she is very much. Um, she she kind of plays a lot of roles, so it's weird to describe her. But her whole thing is she's kind of like I don't know, punk-ish looking, and is very into fashion and very into like making a statement about herself. Mm-hmm. Oh fuck, man! I did voice a lot of these characters. Yep. Next. Uh, if you're wondering then, why Alex voiced so many of the characters, is I had the main character. So. Yes. So he did <laughs> the majority of the speaking for the majority of the first half of the game, uh, and then finally you have the the one who is that wild teddy bear, <laughs> that crazy bear, Monokuma, who <laughs> kind of rotated voices a little bit until I find it, but it ended up in like a. <laughs> Monokuma! And that sort of an energy because he's very much a like really weirdly upbeat, makes a lot of puns and a lot of jokes and has this kind of like big dramatic energy to everything he does, but it's just like the teddy bear that is, you know, a robotic teddy bear who is kind of running this whole thing convincing people to kill each other, who is the you know, kind of the soul of this whole game, in my opinion. Uh, with those characters in mind, we will give a real quick summary of the the overarching story throughout the entire game. The kind of less the story of the individual characters, more the story of Hope's Peak Academy and this cast of characters. Um, we won't be talking about the individual murders that happen. You know, we might later in the episode, but we'll try to give context for that. But it would just take way too long to do a story summary about that. And most of those points are kind of like not important other than the fact that like somebody died and, you know, like somebody in the cast is gone. Um, but essentially, the story of Hope's Peak Academy is these 15 students wake up here. None of them have any memory of necessarily how they got here. They have no memory of like what happened between accepting and like arriving at the school and then waking up and, and being in this, this killing game by Monokuma. And as as you are going through this game trying to figure out a way out of the school, trying to figure out kind of why you are all here, what happened to everybody, um, you start to pick up clues along the way. Some things just seem out of place, right? Monokuma sends, sends you all videos of like horrible things that have happened throughout your life. You find pictures of people who are currently at the school, sometimes people who are dead, who were not ever really friends, hanging out in kind of like a really happy pose. Doesn't really seem to make sense for anybody that you, you, um, you know, like have met along the way. Um, so you just get like kind of a weird vibe where everything's off, right? And eventually it starts to be referenced that there was an event that happened roughly, I think it was roughly a year ago. Alex, was like, what was that event called? I'm trying to remember the exact wording, but it's, it was something. Oh, you have it? If you have it, no, please, I Duncan. I don't have it, but it, it has to be like, it was like the the ultimate worst, most awful, baddest thing to ever happen. And they <laughs> the only were awful, most tragic event in human history. Yeah. <laughs> Which is interesting because initially the students are like, were a lot of people killed in this school? And it's like, dog, they said the most tragic event in human <laughs> history. It would be sad if people died in this school. It's not the most tragic event in human history. Um, so as you go on, you, 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 know, you continue to find these disparate clues that don't really make sense. And every time you complete a class trial, you unlock another floor of the school. So you can go and get a few more clues here and there and a few more clues here and there. Uh, and eventually you, you find, you know, you start to piece together some things. Monokuma is deactivated for a little while when you're, like, you know, doing some of these investigations, which allows you to pick up a little he's more a robot, information. He's a by the way. He's a robot. I, I think we mentioned that, but if not, he's a robot bear. Um, <laughs> Kyoko Kirigiri starts to do a lot of the 
like legwork in figuring this out. That's again, that's kind of her role as she figures out a lot of what's actually going on and then tells you that you'll have to figure it out and then feeds you hints until you figure it out. Um, but what you come to understand about this school is that um, what really happened, like the overarching final story. So if you if you're still here and you're like, "Ooh, this sounds really interesting," I don't want to get all the spoilers. Then dip out right now because I'm going to spoil the very end of the game. Yeah, is that. You all, all 15, actually 16 of you, because you do find out there was a 16th student who dies before you ever get to talk to her, or so you think. Um, all 16 of you were actually classmates in this school uh, for two years, I believe. You went through for two years, and then at the end of those two years, something horrible happened in this group that just kind of referred to as, like, the ultimate despair. Did something. It's left very ambiguous as to like how this all happened. They don't explain it in this game. I don't know if they'll explain it in future games or not. But it's kind of left a little ambiguous. But essentially, um, you know, the game treats the concept of despair as this, you know, virus that spread throughout humanity, and people kind of, you know, for whatever tipping point it was, they started to lose it. They started to riot. They started to kind of topple governments, or at least in. You know, I don't know if it happens outside Japan. Technically, I don't know if we ever have confirmation of that. We don't. We, no, we don't even Monokuma have confirmation. Monokuma was the any Statue of, of Liberty. <laughs> so That's true. Monokuma's head is on the Statue of Liberty in this video. You see, <laughs> um, <laughs> but essentially, society completely collapses, um, and you, um, this group of sixteen students, was kind of seen as the the hope for the future of society. Right? They were the the ultimate at whatever they wanted to do. So the headmaster of the the school, who was um, uh, Kyoko's dad, actually, at the time, um, decided to lock everybody in and essentially turn the school into a makeshift fortress under the guise that, well, maybe later on they can allow these students out again and, like, forge a new future. And as long as there is, like, some seed of hope for the future, then maybe it's possible to push back this despair that's basically dri driven people crazy and, and had them under the, the control of, you know, whatever this ultimate despair group is. Um, and then also... No, so at that point, everybody everybody agrees to it, right? Um, but what they didn't know is that the ultimate despair is actually, or at least part of that organization, is both Junko Enoshima and Mukuro Ukusaba, who is the other student that you never actually meet, in air quotes. Um, but they have been in the school the whole time, so they are part of the students that get locked in, who then, you know, turn it all on its head, right? So they, through some means that the game fucking refuses to explain... <laughs> erase everybody's memories of only the last two years of their life so that they don't remember that they <laughs> ever even came to the school or why they were here in the first place and then start start this killing game and also broadcast this killing game around the world so everybody can see despair triumphing over hope right it's a very one of those types of stories it's like oh well, like there's a very clear objective evil and a very clear objective good and they're just trying to show that hope is you know will never beat evil that whole thing it's very kingdom hearts in that respect um so all of this is revealed at like a climactic class trial and then you try to you know you as makoto try to work with your classmates to kind of overcome this idea of despair and argue with junko enoshima after you have figured everything out uh, and then eventually you triumph over her by convincing all of your classmates to choose hope over despair to basically vote to not kill anybody um which essentially votes to kill her uh during the class trial which then kicks you all out of the school into a world that if you are to believe her will definitely kill you because the world is completely destroyed and overrun by maniacs um but 
you think that maybe there's a chance that the world could be better than that, could be fixed. Uh, you don't necessarily know for sure, though, because the game ends with, like, the doors to the school opening for the first time, and you see a bright light from outside as sunlight rushes in, and then you roll credits before you get to see whether or not the world's actually destroyed or whether mm-hmm. you've been lied to. Um which is fun, uh, and a cast of characters survives that I would describe as not the A-list cast of characters for this <laughs> game from the beginning, which, you know, they're not bad, but uh, Byakuya Togami, the ultimate affluent student, and Toko Fukawa, the ultimate writer who is also secretly a serial killer, both survive, and they are not good <laughs> characters. <laughs> they um, definitely get rid of some of my favorites very early on. <laughs> They do. It's a goddamn shame. But so, you know, it's not like the story itself is really interesting. I don't think they hit all the the ending points, but it's not a an overly complex story in the way that, you know, it's it's told in a really interesting and complex way. But the base story itself is a story that we've seen, you know, a hundred times of this like explicit good versus explicit evil. You only need a little bit of explicit good to triumph to show the world that it could be better than it actually is. And that's kind of the the setup. that all happens at the last two hours of the game. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know before I mean? that, the previous 39 hours that we played of it, we had no fucking clue what was going on. <laughs> the last 29 hours was this person has been murdered. I have no idea how it happened or who did it. And then learning how it happened and who did it. I mean, yeah. that that's and then learning the motivation. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, I, I want to ask you um, just a quick up and down. Um do you think it's good or bad out there? I think it's bad out there. <laughs> I think it's bad out there, right? It's got So we we were talking about this after after we finished the stream, like off stream you and I were talking about like our thoughts on it and the like the big twist or the big like way that you confirm what happened is the the character Toko who is the the writer who is also the serial killer genocide Jill. Um her memory is like split <laughs> into two and there's no shared like overlap between the two and you have her change back into Genocide Jill, and she's like, oh, yeah, the world's been destroyed. I remember that. And there's just, like, it's still possible that that was just, like, a red herring and we're supposed to, like, not believe her. But that's, like, pretty shitty if that's the case. So I yeah, do think I, the I world was probably I, destroyed. I don't know how much I trust the serial killer, but what I do trust is this game, and I feel like this game would definitely make it so the world outside was no good. You know what I mean? Like They have I, to make I, two more. <laughs> Right, they have to make two more. Um, that's another thing that's really interesting about this game is there is an anime, a manga, and a stage play, folks, brought to you by Cornflakes. <laughs> I keep forgetting the stage play was sponsored by Cornflakes. And, and it's so wild. Oh. And it, there's there's a manga and an anime for V1, 2, and 3, which are all it's three of the games. a popular game. It's one of those games that if you haven't heard about it, you don't think it's popular. And then as soon as you hear about it, you realize that you've seen bits of it everywhere. It's right. super low-key popular. Um, the, the only reason we knew that Junko was coming back was because I shared a Spotify playlist with Alex and then... We realized that the character on the, the 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 title of the playlist was Junko, but she looked like crazy with like little Monokuma emblems on her hair, and we're like, well, that character can't be that popular to be killed in the first scene and then <laughs> be forgotten about. There's yeah. no way. It was it was pretty pretty obvious when you started realizing that Junko is the character you've seen from this game. That like ah, clearly her story's not done. 
Um, also, I guess I should mention, like, Junko is supposed to be the head of this organization, but at the very end of the game, in, like, a last-minute stinger, you realize that she's not the head of the organization and not necessarily the one that's been controlling Monokuma, but they don't give you any information about who is that is ostensibly going to be revealed in, in V2 and V3. Um, but there is one more thing about this game that you have to know, and that there's <laughs> that there's an after-school mode. <laughs> In which ah, yes, you, a very you, important mode to know. <laughs> you get to hang out with all the characters and get all the free time you didn't get in, where you just kind of like talk to the characters about something and try and give them a gift. Uh, but you're also managing them and sending them to do tasks like gather things from the school and um, and make statues for Monokuma out of materials. And it's the weirdest extra like new game plus mode I've ever experienced in my entire life. Just... Such a weird pick, and and they're so Love nice about that. it. Love yeah. when they're just like, "Hey, let's add this extra content that people didn't get to see, but let's wrap it in a resource management sim for some fucking reason." <laughs> so I wanna I wanna talk about the game overall here to keep this tight and for to allow us to you know uh, 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 get everything we want out of it. Mm. Um, where should we start? Where should I we mean? Start? I think we I have wanted- to. Talk, talk about, about the ending? I think we should talk about the ending a little bit. I, I, we, we will need to talk about how we felt streaming the game. I don't know if that's better to put at the very end or if it influences the entire conversation. I kind of feel like it informs the entire conversation. Okay, yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. So then. let's before we get into the, the the specifics of it. Yeah, let's talk about let's talk about how we felt streaming this game because you and I have yeah we've been streaming for a little bit but we haven't found anything consistent up until this game. Um, it's always just been like, you know, a little bit here, a little bit there. But I think this was kind of the first experience you and I had of, like, consistent streaming one thing. Yeah, seeing, like, some people continue to come in, some people, like, come in and dip out, seeing, like, people interact with with the stream, trying to be entertaining while also playing a game we were going to talk about for the podcast. You know, we've, we've talked to, I think Josh has done that before in a couple of the episodes he's been on. I think he streamed some of devotion and i don't think he streamed any of near but i don't know whether or not he did um but it was definitely a different experience i feel like it it changes your relationship with the game in a very real way i think um i don't i don't know if it's hard to say and i don't know if you felt this the same way i did because we didn't you know we didn't also play the game not streaming it to see but it felt like i was more willing to forgive mediocre moments and bad moments stuck out but also were easy to clown on so things where if i was you know there's there's kind of like a flip side where if i was by myself those bad moments would have stuck out a lot more but also i would have just been like you know clicking through dialogue so quickly that the pacing of it wouldn't have bothered me as much um so i think it really did change how you interact with the game on like a a real and and measurable level i think in this instance definitely for the better though like i i can't imagine like the right way to play this game in my mind is with a friend while drinking some vaguely themed drink around the game (laughs) and like picking fun at dialogue that wasn't necessarily good and enjoying dialogue that was good and also maybe like trying a little bit to do some of the voice acting for emotional parts but not really having the chops to pull it off yeah, and I mean, there's such a low 
amount of emotion that's carried through at least for us you know i mm. we had we had run to some folks that felt more like a lot stronger about some of the emotional bits in this that you know we tried to stream um what was that game that ps1 game uh xenoblade chronicles right yeah xeno gears xeno gears thank you um and and i think we we ran into a weird wall where it's like this is like a real scene that we're trying to read and it doesn't feel good um yeah it's like some war crimes shit was going on and people were being murdered and it's like i can't i don't want to voice act this at this time (laughs) the people were being murdered in a really like goofy (laughs) kind of thousand baseballs (laughs) which by the way is the worst i think they they definitely got the the best execution out first but anyways i'm getting way Mm -hmm. sidetracked here uh the the um that kind of like it's just heavy enough where like an amp like super super amateur like you know streaming voice can can try to do some stuff and like feel like it's an appropriate uh set of lines and stuff like that uh but but i i loved streaming this it was so much fun and uh it definitely changed my perspective on it do you think you would have had more of an emotional attachment to these characters if you were not streaming it no, no, they're too goofy. They're too, they're too tropey. They're just like imagine being attached to Biakia. <laughs> Nobody's like, attached to Biakia. That's a bad okay, example. <laughs> maybe Hina. Maybe uh, see, like Hina. I actually think was like a relatively well-rounded character. So like that one, I could understand because she's like she sticks around for long enough that they are able to give her character depth. But you know, I, you know, yeah. trying to get attached to somebody like like. Hifumi is like right. that's not gonna happen. <laughs> Trying to get attached to like, well, they clearly God, put Hifumi know. in there because they they wanted you to 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 have someone to cheer onto to hopefully you die. Like hopefully yes. they die. And we did have a list of characters we were hoping died from the minute they were introduced onto the screen, right? But like right. you know there are there are, I think there are only a handful of characters that get real actual depth to their character. But I do think that there are scenes you know like the um. For for reference, there's like a a huge, very long scene, and this is why it didn't necessarily work for me. Where Sakura dies, and Sakura is like the big fighter lady, and you find out that she basically poisoned herself so that it would try to stop the infighting. And I think that scene on stream didn't work for us very well when we were reading it out because it just kept going and kept going yeah, and yeah. kept going. That by the time we got to the end of it, I was like, I this is like it's taking way too long. And I do think part of that is the game's fault, but I also think part of that is like us being amateur like amateurs at doing voices and also trying to do commentary in between these lines and also having just like normal delay in it. So it probably took, you know, one and a half times what it would have yeah. taken normally. So I, I think I could imagine that scene being more powerful. But yeah, I don't think there's any... Like, I, I don't think I would have, like, shed a tear over any of these characters' deaths, even if I was playing it solo, because for the most part, it's just not... It's not they, really there. We're also... We're yeah. totally missing a character, aren't we? Hmm? Who's the, the baseball player? Oh, fuck! That's right! We missed, uh... We missed Leon. Shit. I don't know how yeah, that happened. Yeah, Leon... Leon, uh, Leon. I don't know Leon. his last name. It doesn't matter. Know. His name's uh, written yeah. upside down. He killed somebody. <laughs> yeah, know. yeah. Uh, I did Leon. Um, I completely forgot about him until I mentioned him just now. 
That's um, true. But yeah, I, I, I a hundred percent agree. I think it's this, it's this give and take where it's like streaming helped a lot of things where it, it made it much more enjoyable game. But maybe if I played it by myself, I'd get more emotional intake from it, but I doubt it. It, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't, the benefits of playing it alone wouldn't be high enough where playing it with someone else would make it a worse experience. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I think the experience is greatly heightened by being able to talk to somebody and go, what the fuck do you think is going on? What just happened? Any Anything like that. Um, yeah. There were a lot of hype moments where, I mean, even hype and disappointing moments where it's like we saw a character that died and we're like, oh, no, really? Really? Mm-hmm. This? This one? Like, I think Chihiro is one where we're like, oh, my God, seriously? Like, come on. We were very sad. I think if I could quote you there, you said, I was just getting the voice figured out for her. <laughs> That was a joke, okay? (laughs) Yeah, I I do think that I I think you're right. Um, The other part is the interaction with chat. I I you know enjoyed whenever we had active chatters, but a game like that is also really hard because the type of people who are drawn to watch that type of game, for the most part, are people who have played it and enjoyed it and want to Mm -hmm. share that experience with somebody else. The problem with that means those people also know everything that's going to happen and are very excited about the game and. You know, I, I completely understand this, but we'll say things that, like, if you read into it a little bit, you can kind of figure out maybe some of the next things that are happening because of that. So there was a weird, like, balance we had to strike with that with, like, okay, read chat and interact with them and have a good time. But also, you got to recognize that, like, you have to be on guard for anything that looks like a spoiler at any moment because somebody could absolutely drop it without realizing it's a spoiler. I'm not holding for it sure. against those people because I completely understand how you accidentally do something like that when you're engaged. But it does make it so, you know, there was like a little bit of being on edge the entire time to be like, okay, hopefully, hopefully I don't see anything wild that like ruins the next episode for me or anything like that. Yeah. I And, and it kind of leads me to a second point that I want to talk about is like, I'm surprised. I'm like, I love, don't get, again, I love this game, so I can kind of see it, but I'm surprised by the huge fandom that this game brings. Like, like I said at the top, there is an anime, a manga, a stage play, (laughs) and three other, three to four other games in the series. Like, it's big. What do you think, like, draws people to this game and engages them so deeply in it? Like, I, I, I've been spending a lot of time thinking about that because I'm engaged with it because, I like goofing on it with you and mm-hmm. I think it's fun and I like the music and style. And I, I know some of that is how other people feel, but like what other kind of qualities, because I mean, this is a PSP game, you know what I mean? In 2010. And, and I think it's sort of a cult classic, but like what other qualities do you think it brings? I mean, I think generally speaking, um, the, the self-aware nature of its writing does so much to elevate it above other things and this other like visual novels in the same kind of genre where it can be flat, but also still you can still have a lot of fun with it. Um, and I, I think a lot of it is just it's that type of thing, right? It's willing to commit so hard that it ends up being a lot of fun even when it, it otherwise wouldn't necessarily be carried by the writing. Um, but then generally, I just think they have like a really engaging mystery, right? Like I, I think, yeah. again, whether or not I feel it completely lands everything it's going for, for, you know, 35, 36 hours of that stream, we didn't know what was going on, but I was interested in what was going on, right? Like there are many mysteries inside of each murder and then this meta mystery of why you're all in the school. And I think they drip feed you that enough throughout the entirety of it that it keeps people really engaged and makes it really easy to 
I was going to say it makes it really easy to recommend, but there are some caveats I would probably give on, on a recommendation of this game. Um, but I, I, I could very easily see why people would enjoy it with with that nature of, of how hard it commits to what it is trying to do in a way that most other games are unwilling to do, I think. Yeah, it's very... It's very anime, and and it is anime, right? Like the, I mean, the characters it's literally are anime. an anime. <laughs> I mean, well, not really. It's a game, but I mean, the characters are anime characters. So yeah, yes. you're right. But uh, it, it, it like, I spent some time thinking about like why people are so engaged with characters that are largely like tropes, mm-hmm. and I think it's when writers or developers or 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 any other creator takes trope tropey characters and puts them in situations that they don't normally belong in and Mm. i think that like taking all of these tropes slamming them together and making them interact constantly and kill each other is a really (laughs) bizarre and smart uh turn and i think it makes grasping who these people are happens so quickly that's like okay he's the ultimate biker he's a tough guy and he wants to kick ass and it like makes the mystery aspect of it a lot simpler because you already know like their general motive because you know what kind of person they are and sometimes Mm. they flip that on its on its back like you know the 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 motors the the ultimate biker killed the the weakest person because he he was jealous of how strong they were or whatever and it's like it it, i think they do a lot of weird things with tropes and i think people are really attracted to those tropey characters because i think on a beginning like when you're starting to first engage with media i think a lot of those characters are easier to connect with because they're not as like deep or anything like that or you know i don't know It, it it i think a large part of it is people really like the characters which I I do because I think they're fun, but I think people like them uh, because they're easier to read. Uh, and, and, you know, with this game coming out in 2010, I feel like today and, and, you know, going forward and everything like that, it was probably a lot of young people's, like, uh, first experience with a visual novel as well. So, I, and for visual novel's sake, it's pretty interactable, you know? Yeah, I mean, you, so I there's... Think- there's a lot of actual gameplay like involved in the visual novel. There's a lot of reaction. There's a lot of, you know, rhythm mini games and stuff like that in this visual <laughs> novel. Um, I think that's I think that's a really interesting point. I didn't think about the idea of how it, it, it doesn't play with the tropes inside of the characters necessarily, but it plays with the tropes in the setting in a really interesting way. Um, and I think that you are... I think you're right. I think that does... That contributes to it being fun and engaging in a way that I don't think I consciously realized as we were going through the game. Thank you, Alex. All I need is your validation, and I'm okay. <laughs> Happy to support support it wherever I can. <laughs> <sighs> well, shall we move on from the the experience of, of streaming it and talk about the actual the 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 finer points of the story and what we liked and didn't like about it? Yeah. Oh yes. Let us let us go down the rabbit hole. <laughs> How did I never use that one? How did I never use that gem for Celeste? Huh? Hey. Mm-hmm. Save it. All right. We got we got a full another game <laughs> or two right. to stream. 
You got plenty of character left. Don't worry. Uh, I kind of. What are they gonna do with this fucking story? I don't know. Can I I ask that, man? Yeah, you can ask it. Do you have anything? Do you have anything for that? What what they're going to do with like? How are they going to have made a sequel? Yeah, like what? What is it gonna be? I think it's gonna be. I think it will be more of the same than I want. I will say that, but I think it'll be another similar type thing that maybe takes place slightly further down the road chronologically. Uh, Mm. And I think Mm -hmm. we will have probably, I I honestly, I just think it's going to be a lot more of the same. (laughs) I think it's going to be more of the same. And I think they're going to reveal a little more of the meta story, but I honestly don't think by the end of V2, will have much more of the meta story. I would love it to be totally wrong and this game takes place like 15 years in the future and it's just like a reality TV show or some shit and actually the world's totally fine. I think that would rule. I don't think that's what's going to happen. Here's my prediction. V2 will wrap up the main story. V3 will be a prequel. I have no information to support this. I legitimately (laughs) don't. This is just my take on it. I I think that that you know, V2 got real good reviews. You know, I feel like it's a very possible, very high possibility. They wrap up everything. And I think three, they they, they just kind of threw together because, you know, people were enjoying the story and, and they, they walked back on it. I may be completely wrong, uh, but that's just my general feeling on it. I, think I V2, hope you're wrong, but I, I could see that. I think V2 will be an evolution. And I think V3 will be more of the same as one. It's just, it's not based on any, like, reviews I read or anything like that. It's just my guess looking at, like, you know, when I bought this game, I looked at the screenshots for all of them. It, it didn't give me a lot of information, but I, I just I just have a weird feeling about it. Um, also, I think in V2, they're, I think they're going to do a lot more with, uh, with probably referencing the school. And I think there will be a significant time skip, like you said. I, 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 I believe in that. I imagine that. I can't imagine it takes place at the same time or anything like that. Right. Um, I would be very disappointed if they're like, okay, there were three different hopes in the world, <laughs> and we're going to go over all three of those different hopes and what happened to them. That would That would suck. fucking blow. That'd be so bad. That'd be so bad. So sticking back on V1, though. So we, yeah. you know, we, we have this jumping off point for what we think they're going to do in V2 and V3, and that's largely developed by what happened at the ending of that game assuming we don't play it like let's assume nothing about v2 and v3 mm-hmm. do you think the ending of v1 was good like did you get closure or satisfaction or anything like that from the ending do you think they they tied it up well or do you think it was kind of a, a swing and a miss hot take i kind of loved it okay i kind of liked it i kind of liked it i didn't like I mean, it looking at the steam reviews i don't think it's a hot take <laughs> I mean, yeah, but I mean, that doesn't say what people think. Again, the ending was the last two hours. I've hated a lot of endings of games and still loved them overall. Um, That's true. That's true. But but ending I, of Undertale sucked, and you love that game for some reason. Alex, <laughs> I'm kidding. It's don't a joke. step it's a joke, on this Doug. because the ending of Undertale. Let's <laughs> let's switch episodes real quick. Just, Hold on, just delay this podcast for 45 minutes. We gotta <laughs> get some stuff to talk about. Um, no, I kind of I kind of loved it. I kind of, I mean, let's talk about let's talk about the the what what else they would have done. I mean, the other possibility is they show it right, mm-hmm. and if they show that it's all doom and gloom outside. Then, I mean, 
then you have to have the characters talk about it. And then, like, I, I feel like it would just kind of end abruptly. Um, or they could just, like, all die from from the outside air being so bad or all gunned down. Which, uh, ostensibly, is what's going to happen is the outside air is basically not breathable. But I, I think my, my issue with the ending, because I, I don't like, – I didn't – think it was terrible i just don't think it was great i don't think it stuck mm-hmm. at a hundred percent um but my issue is not necessarily in the content it's rather in the execution of it um mm-hmm. i think they introduce junko you know back into this at the end of an already pretty lengthy class trial um and then have her kind of just info dump you for like an hour and a half yeah that Which that I can sucked. I can get down with yeah yeah it like I liked her as a character I think her writing was pretty good I like she switches accents like every couple of lines Fucking in like drastic ways <laughs> I think like that was a lot of fun they just they take so long to explain that information and then what they choose to explain and not explain is also like bothersome to me. Uh, I still can't yeah, quite really get over the, f- the memory thing. I hate that they don't. They just like with it. we we erased two years of your memory specifically. Okay, they but, don't even. I all I needed them to say was we developed some weird pill. That's all yeah, I really needed them to say. But, but if they said that, then would you? Why would you care? Why would you not care then? Because at least the game would have been acknowledging, hey, this is like a dumb thing we did. But at this point, it feels like the game is trying <laughs> to make you forget that it did this shit that didn't make sense. Like, I just yeah, wanted a right-away line for the game to acknowledge it like it's acknowledged every other time it did something wild and fucked up. Yeah, but that's kind of funny, though, right? Like, it's like, well, we've we've showed you everything else, but this is one thing we won't, we won't let you see. You got your memory wiped for two years. We're not going to tell you how, and we know it bothers you. I think you got trolled, Alex. I think, like, maybe maybe Monokuma <laughs> trolled me. Monokuma did a big troll on me, and I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I love, I like the Junko scene, too, but I do have a lot of, I have a lot of similar feelings to you on that, that fact that it's, like, it did drag on, but in my mind, I'm like, that's just, that's just on par with the rest of the game. Right? It is, but I think it was getting better in the back half of the game. I think yeah. it, like, started to move at a really brisk pace. And I think, you know, it just it just went on too long to the point where I kind of stopped being interested in the character as much as I was originally. And, like, you know, they show, you know, cause the way that they reveal this is by them showing fucking video footage of the Eiffel Tower and the Statue of Liberty and, like, a bunch <laughs> of world monuments that just have Monokuma's face on it and a bunch of people wearing Monokuma fucking face masks bashing cars like it's the fucking purge out there. But and I was hooked, though. And that was great, but then they showed that video, and then there's like two hours left in the game before you walk out the door. And it's like, okay, yeah. well, we solved the central mystery. Now what? And it just, I think it just, they they really, really dragged it out too much. Again, I don't have an issue with any of the individual conclusions that they came to. Like, all of the information they provided to you I think was fun. I think the whole... You know, actually, you weren't the lucky student. You were the ultimate hope is like, yeah, of course, that was going to happen. And that's fine. Like, I don't have an issue yeah. with any of that. Um, I just think they. It was a long, long info dump that didn't need to be quite that long. And I think would have been more effective. And I think I was more critical of the effectiveness of it because it was like not trying to be fun and funny throughout that period of time anymore. It was trying to be like, take itself seriously. 
Hmm. For the most part. Yeah, I mean, I, again, Monica yeah. was faces on the Statue of Liberty, and I laughed very, very hard at that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can see your points there. I think that it might have partially been influenced by how long we had been streaming that. Yeah, it was like a four and a half hour stream. That was a long stream. Uh, yeah, and, and the fact that we wrapped up the first class trial and we're like, haha, we figured that you had murdered, uh, you know, the, the, done the murder, uh, which was, you know, we had to prove that that the bear did it. Uh, but like, then they're like, actually, there's a second class trial here. And I think we mm-hmm. both had an audible groan of like, no, we can't <laughs> do any more. Stop. <laughs> but I do think, yeah, that was a little lengthy. Um, I can give you that point, but I still love uh, everything that happened. I like the the um, like the grand finale of Junko, like going through all of the uh, the, the 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 like execution phases that that all the other students had gone through. I thought that was mm-hmm. a nice touch, and like yeah, it, it was just out of control. So and yeah, it, I, it, I like it. It it wrapped up the idea that like. I think this is maybe something that I don't necessarily know how I feel about is the, this idea that there was always this 16th student, Mukuro Ikusaba, who was pretending to be Junko, who then Junko killed, and then Junko came back for real and is like, okay. The I fact really that they were biological like I, twins were fucked. They, yeah, <laughs> that I was like, so I don't dumb. I feel like that actually added as much as you maybe think it did compared to maybe just like having Junko not have died or something like that, but... Whatever. Yeah. It, was, it was fine, but it is again, it was just a couple of things that made it like took it from like the ending was wild enough for me to have been a hundred percent on board with it, and I think there were just enough things that took it from me being like a hundred percent on board to being like I liked it in retrospect, but I know in the moment I was not enjoying it as much as I wanted to be, given how fucking wild it was. Yeah, I I, I it makes me wonder like when you started this experience, right? Like from a start to finish standpoint, what do you, what did you expect coming in for the overall story versus what you got? I did not expect that. Right. <laughs> I know that for a fact. I know that I was surprised. <laughs> um, I mean, I generally, I just didn't expect it to be such a, wide-reaching story i kind of thought it was you know even when we started the game i kind of thought like oh it's just going to be like this weird kind of like saw-esque type thing that'll end in like some people finally coming to save you or whatever like you triumphing and then going and seeing your family or whatever like i didn't expect for it to be like oh hey we've got like big huge overarching themes about the nature of humanity and also then the entire world falling into turmoil and, and I didn't expect it to to be anything of that with the full story and I also didn't expect it to just be like as like I I genuinely thought it was going to be way more self-serious than it was when we initially went into it. Right. I I thought it was going to be a very basic like it was the headmaster the whole time like kind mm-hmm. of thing where it's like this this guy this psycho locked you in a school and fucked with you for hours and days and weeks and like the outside world wants to help you but they can't they don't even know you exist kind of thing mm-hmm. um 
and instead it, it it went completely different with that i also didn't expect to finish this game when we started it like <laughs> i really didn't i thought we would drop off of it but like halfway through i'm like yeah this has to be finished and i'm gonna finish without with or without you that is true you did you mentioned that you would finish the game even if i stopped and then you would play both the sequels even if we didn't stream them and you would tell me how they were i was on board for it um <laughs> we, were, we were on board pretty early on so transitioning uh, to, 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 to some things that we did and didn't expect, when we started this game, they asked us if, how, what our difficulty settings were, <laughs> and they said there's logic settings and then there's uh, skill settings, and we set both those babies to high, because, I mean, we're not babies. We're not gamer yeah, babies, right? obviously. We've played a lot of games. We know how we're doing this. <laughs> right. But I, I would not do it again. <laughs> I'm not doing it. actually i will be doing it again i would i, I would strongly i would keep so essentially the two sliders were like the logic setting i think the only thing it really changed was like hey how many truth bullets do you have right how many potential lines of inquiry do you have open where you could be like oh that's a contradiction that's a contradiction right and then mm-hmm. also if you set it to low it like turns some features off um but then there was just, like, a lot of mini games that they just added, like, weird, arbitrary mechanical difficulty to if you turn the mechanical difficulty up. <laughs> so it's like, okay, I understand the, like, detective work. I want more truth bullets because I want to be, like, thinking about everything in a more holistic sense. I don't know if I just want the rhythm game where you have to left and right click to be <laughs> slightly quicker or if you want more words to appear in front of the word that you're trying to shoot. Like, I don't know. This is... I don't know about the mechanical difficulty parts. It's not perfect. And honestly, those I have less complaints about. What I have more complaints about is the... So, basically, you have, like I said at the up top, you have a revolver of, 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 of facts. So, as you investigate the mystery, you have, like, this character was bashed in the back of the head with a, a, a blunt object. And, like, a, a cloth was found at the scene and a tarp. So, they give you, like, four of those. And then... As all of the characters talk, you have to find the thing that a character said that you can say, that's wrong, and prove them wrong. Um, But you can also take people's words and then use it on something else, which just adds a totally extra new layer of complexity. Mm -hmm. But I think my biggest problem with those mechanics and like all the mechanics overall is that there were so many times we both knew the answer to a question, but it just came down to matching the words where it's like, okay, yeah, no, I know he saw the tracksuit or whatever. <laughs> like, I just don't know which one to pick out of all of these. And, and, and there were it, so many moments where it was really frustrating for that. And they're order dependent. And that, that part yes, fucked me up yeah. where it's like, Hey, you have to say like, if yeah, I'm trying to think of an example that's maybe not even from the game, right? Like if you're trying to say he saw her because she was leaving the place at the same time he was or something like that, you have to use specifically she was leaving the place on he saw her. You can't use he saw her on she was leaving yeah. the place, even though they're both words that you can interact with. And it's like, okay, but that's like it doesn't matter which order I put those in. I'm making the same contradiction, but the game doesn't want you to do that. I think it probably wants you to be like, no, use this on that person because you're contradicting that specific person because you want to show yeah. that they fucked up. But like oftentimes it's not the person, like you're not contradicting the person who ends up being the murderer. You're just contradicting somebody who said something wrong. So I think the, the fact that they are order dependent really did not do the game a lot of favors. 
Um, I hope but hey, we only got real stuck one. up like twice. We like there's only two times where we got real fucking stuck in the mud. Yo, my tracksuit is black. Made me want to kill myself. <laughs> like I, I could not take it. I that could, shit. There was nothing I could do to keep you <laughs> calm on the stream. <laughs> It was so infuriating. I know that's like an in joke, but I had to say it. No, I get it. It was we we spent like forty minutes, and that maybe not. It was probably like thirty minutes on one specific. For for context, they had we had to identify like the contradiction of a character stating that they had like one tracksuit and they grabbed another one or or something along those lines. I don't even remember. It, but it were... made, yeah, we were basically saying, well, why would he care what color his tracksuit was? He would only know that if he knew the color of the other tracksuit, which hadn't been identified at this point unless he saw it. But but it was just five characters naming the colors <laughs> of their tracksuit and us not knowing which one to click. It was, it was great. It was top tier <laughs> content. Um, no, I, I think that type of thing does get really frustrating, but that was not like, you know, choice of difficulty dependent, right? If we had turned the yeah. logic down to easy, we still wouldn't run into that same problem because it was just, we we just didn't see what the game was trying to get us to see. It wasn't an issue of having too many options on the board that we didn't understand or anything like that. Um, yeah. So I do think that the game, I will say the game also up front is like, now remember, every conversation you have is going to be important. <laughs> and that's a load of horseshit. <laughs> a lot it's of conversations so weren't fucking important, even a little bit in that game. <laughs> a lot it, of conversations it, didn't matter at all. I, I think that it was a game that, because here's a here's the thing that I, I, I'm thinking about now. Think about how much more fun it was to figure out who did it and how it happened during the trial rather than your investigation. Because, like, I feel like there was one or two where we called it, like, while we were playing it. And from that point on, it was just clicking through to get to the part where we get to see that person be killed. But the ones yeah. where we had to learn it through the trial, I feel like were so much more exciting. Yes and no. Um, the first one is bad because they just right, give you right. the answer. They're just like, Hey, look at these numbers. And you're like, no, that's somebody's name written upside down. That's the killer. <laughs> cool. Uh, but yeah. I feel like, I don't really feel like there was another one where we figured it out beforehand. I feel like there were a lot where we were like, Biakia did it and he never did. So yeah. I, I, I think I, I really enjoyed really that line too often. You're right. It's, it yeah. is more often like, I don't know what's going on. I, and I really enjoyed the information gathering part of the game for the most part. Um, there are a couple instances where they don't give you the freedom to do anything. There's at least one instance where you just have to walk around and listen to Biakia talk down to you for like two hours and it fucking sucks. But yep. <laughs> uh, I do think that like, you know, especially in the latter half, like a lot of the information gathering type things were really interesting because that's where they kind of tease out a lot of these mysteries, not only about the murders but about the school itself and i think they do a really good job of that but you're right i did kind of like going into class trials and just being like hey i don't know who did it and i think it, it's also it gives you like an interesting sense of camaraderie because you're like okay well what did you find out what did you find out what did you find out um mm -hmm. i do think they lean a little too much into the like haha but really we were doing this the whole time and like you know a, a sort of gotcha moment at the end there but i i do think they they walk that line on the correct side of it the majority of the time of having favorite, a lot of fun uh, with it. Favorite murder slash trial? Well, 
I mean, so you're talking like favorite murder sequence? The, like trial, like like chapter, I guess you could call it. Like, what, what, did you have a favorite like trial I mean, where it was like super hyped to like figure out who it was and like how the, it all unfolded? The Hammer of Justice one with the robot that was running around was pretty fucking amazing. Yeah, um, that's the one I was gonna say too. Yeah, like the trial itself was fine. Like, I think it was a pretty good trial. I don't think it was amazing, but just the moment of being like, I caught a picture of the person who did it, and then they show you a picture, <laughs> and it's somebody in a giant fucking Optimus Prime <laughs> costume carrying a big hammer. I was yep. in tears. It was so fucking good. And, uh, and I think the clues actually did... I think the clues led around really nicely, and, and while I don't completely agree with how they decided who had done it, Mm-hmm. It, it, it it well i don't know i think that i think it worked really well i actually re- quite liked that one a lot um, yeah I, I think that one was very good i think um i really do think the um chihiro murder like yeah. i didn't like the murder necessarily but i think the information investigation phase and the trial were both really like i felt like the pool understood. logic was a cool part yes all of all the <laughs> All the logic was great. Um, like, it sucked that that was the one that Biakia was like, let me explain to you a bunch of stuff. And I was like, you shut up. I don't like you. But yeah. I do think that that was one where I felt like I I had the most that I could actually grab onto to try to put this together by myself. But that was also the one where, like, it's Biakia because he obviously did it. And then he's like, haha, I was just making you all think I did it because I'm a jackass. Um can we just talk about the most fucked up Biakia move ever in in history of Danganronpa? Just the most fucked up move is to just walk in, find the body, and be like, okay, I know one of these people are a serial killer. So I'm going to take this corpse and prop <laughs> it up like the serial killer so everyone thinks it's the serial killer because I'm going to give Makoto that information and then they'll blame the serial killer, but then they'll realize that it wasn't done up with scissors, so it couldn't be the serial killer. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> that what was... the fuck? Yeah. Why don't you just show everyone the evidence of the serial killer and be like, yeah, that's Toko. Easy. Yeah, it was what uh, a weird move. He was, he was it's not my favorite character. I'll say kind of a, kind of a dirtbag. Um, exclu- exclusively a dirtbag, actually. He just he sucks in every single moment that he is speaking in the entire game. And also, a lot of weird interactions surrounding him and Toko that were very uncomfortable to have to voice both sides of. But what are you going to do? You know, sometimes that's how the bones roll. Um, yeah, they have a weird master. Now, now, here's a question I have for you, Alex. Would it be okay. more uncomfortable for you to be role-playing that for you and you? Or for me and you to be role playing that. That's a good question. Now that you mention it, yeah, because because if you're like, get off of me, you swine, and I'm like, oh, master, do you think that would be a more uncomfortable? I so here's the thing. I I do think it would be more uncomfortable, but I do think there's like by the end, and let me know if you felt this way too, because I don't I don't know if sure. you felt this way. But by the end, I did feel like I was getting to a point where I had a certain degree of detachment from these characters, where like, oh yeah, like this is that character, and this is the voice I do for that character, and like, 
I understand. Like, it, it felt more natural for me to be switching between characters, and it felt less like I was voicing a character and you were voicing a character. And I mm-hmm. feel like we, we got, you know, I, we are not professional voice actors. We didn't get to a good point. But it got to a point where it felt more like these characters interacting than us voicing characters interacting. I don't exactly know what you mean by that. So it's hard for me to say. I, just that, like, it felt like we developed the characters enough that it felt more like they were actually interacting rather than us oh, reading dialogue, which I meant see. that it felt a little less awkward if you and I hmm. had an interaction where it was like weird shit was being said. If I had to yell <laughs> about a character who you was voicing breasts, then like it didn't feel super uncomfortable in a way. I see. So like, you're, it, you're saying you were engaged enough that, or you felt like the voices were engaged enough where it didn't feel like you and me voice acting more so that, that they were the character's voice acting and we were just kind of, you know. Yeah, and to be clear, when I say voice, I don't necessarily mean, like, specifically the voices we were doing, but rather the voice yeah. we found for the characters. Yeah, and I think I think the bits that we put in between that helped out a lot. Like, like a lot of the times when we were when we were uncomfortable with something or, like, it was just kind of a weird moment, we'd be like, oh, yeah, we got big milkers. Uh. <laughs> like, we yes. just kind of make, like, a quick runoff bit about it. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that helped a lot, too. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a... <laughs> I can see what you mean by that. I'm excited to see what they do in V2, but I do hope they sand some of the edges off of that very uncomfortable things I don't want to read on stream anymore. <laughs> I I'm sure, sure they won't. So. I'm sure they will not do that. <laughs> but you know what's you know what's kind of interesting about this now that I think about it. Hmm. I feel like with a lot of visual novels and a lot of like anime stuff, they have very like characters that it's like uh, like 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 when we talked about Hades and we're like, look at all these characters that I want to fuck. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> none of these characters. Of the episode, but yeah. <laughs> that <laughs> i forgot that we cut that out <laughs> but none of these characters were very like appealing in that way because i think th- that half of them were murderers so well <laughs> maybe okay that's true half of them were murderers and the majority of them were like 16 also well <laughs> i'm just gonna cut this out no i think also it's wait I think no hold in. on hold on alex wait 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 <laughs> Googling how old is a junior in high school on average. Now I understand. Now I understand. No, that's wrong. That's wrong, Alex. They were in, they lost their memory for two years. So they have to be older. Mm -hmm. No, Mm -hmm. that's wrong. I got it. How old were you when you graduated high school? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe about about 18. Okay. So maybe when you went into your junior year of high school, do you think it's possible that maybe you were a year and changed younger? The killer is you! <laughs> we're going to cut all this out. <laughs> <laughs> you can't hide, Duncan. You can't hide. <laughs> no, that's wrong. It's out there somewhere. You can cut it all out of the final podcast, but I'll upload my audio individually to Twitter and people will just fill in what you might have been saying. Oof. Sorry, just gotta wipe the tears. Just gotta get over the fact that we did an amazing <laughs> bit that can't be cut from the episode. No, that's wrong. 
<laughs> Look, if you want to cut that bit from the episode, we have to retroactively go back to our most popular episode of all time, our fucking Doki Doki Literature Club episode, and cut out Michael saying that the fucking, like, 14-year-old freshman was best girl and the cutest of them all and everything like okay. that. Okay, yeah, that's a freshman, dude. Okay, junior, let me, let me get this straight. <laughs> this is so me and you understand, right? If you're 17 when you're a junior, right? Sure. 16 Two or 17, years. but yes. Two years? That's 19 or 18. Yeah, they were freshmen when they went in and attended for two years, and then they had those two years left. Oh. They were juniors at the start of this game. No, that's wrong. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> what a power combo those two voice lines are. No, that's wrong. I got it. <laughs> you could easily <laughs> hop into any given college classroom that's doing a Zoom thing right now. <laughs> <laughs> participate in the lecture no problem yo, yo this is me listening to the joe rogan podcast now i understand <laughs> no duncan wrong one wrong one duncan. Oh, oh sorry this is me listening to the joe rogan podcast no that's wrong thank you uh <laughs> sorry i gotta get it out of me it doesn't matter what format this game brings an infinite amount of joy all right. One, two, three. I'm done. <clears throat> so to kind of wrap things up here, I I, I have a strong feeling about okay. this game that I love that I mentioned up top that I think it is, it, and we've been discussing throughout, that it is like, to me, it's the perfect good-bad game, right? Like, like, I don't know. How do you feel? Do you agree with that sentiment? I, I think it's got, it has elements that, make me feel like that's true initially but i, I honestly mm-hmm. i don't know that i do because i think that it like something that's like so good that it's bad right is or so bad that it's good is like you know hey this like this thing is going for something and fails it miserably but it knows it's failing it miserably but i don't like i think this is going for something and succeeding at what it's going for and i don't think it's bad most of the time you know, I, I feel like there's a connotation with saying it's like a good bad game that it's like, hey, like this is doing something that sucks, but it is doing it in a way that's really fun. But I don't think what it's doing sucks. I think what it's doing is still pretty good. I just think it's going for a really specific like it has the feeling of a good bad game, but I don't think that it necessarily is, in my mind. That's a good point, because I now that I'm now that I understand it, I'm kind of taking what you're saying in. <laughs> now I understand. <laughs> now I understand. Um... <laughs> Sorry. Fuck this up. You should have played it on the soundboard, man. You missed it. Oh. Please, every um... time I make a point in every future podcast for the rest of the time, and <laughs> it changes your opinion, go, now I understand. <laughs> um. Yeah, I, I kind of still have the feeling it's got so many – you're right. It has so many qualities that it shares so many qualities with good, bad, right? But mm-hmm. it, it, I think it – I think you're right that it it, it, it isn't there. I, I, I can kind of see what you're saying there, actually. I, and it kind of invalidates the, the bigger question that I had, but I guess I can rephrase it, is like what qualities – do you think make that happen, right? Like, 
what qualities make you feel like it's it's so uh it's so out there or or things like that that that, that give you that joy and that feeling of that spark like is it mm. the is it the weird uh, uh, voice acting or the writing like what's what is it i mean the writing is i think the biggest aspect of it um but i think the like there's more to it than that, right? There's something about the general gameplay loop that I mm-hmm. think is inherently kind of wild. Um, just the, like, shifts in tone that happen not only in the writing, but also in the game itself, right? Like, to go from everybody having a short soliloquy about how their friend died to <laughs> seeing, like, 20 seconds later... A to-be-continued screen (laughs) to seeing 20 seconds later a character karate fighting a robotic bear to then being tossed into free time where you get to go choose which of your pals to hang out with and go to a shop and buy a bunch of random trinkets to try and give to the right person. Can I give one more example? Yeah. From going from exploring a dead father's office to opening a present where there's a cartoonish amount of bones and your character saying, that's just bones. <laughs> In actual tears when that happened. Yeah, um, yeah I think like, no, I, I think that level of, like, again, I, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but like the swings that it takes and the way it's willing to commit to those sort of big changes. Like if, if it was something that was like so bad it was good it would like not be cognizant of the fact that it was doing this wild shit but this is so very aware that it's doing this wild yeah. shit and it's so very like it is well put together in the way that it is tying these things together in you know there are like there are moments of genuine sincerity mixed in there where i think there's good characterization um there's also some weird anime shit where it's like this girl's going to talk about her father and the relationship she has and how she was abandoned and how she feels like that completely shaped her life. Meanwhile, you're just kind of going to get a weird upskirt shot of her for like <laughs> 20 minutes straight while you have to voice this. And it's like, oh, you know, there are, there are some parts that don't necessarily work, but I, I like it just the writing matches the tone of the game and the gameplay itself also matches that tone, right? They're like being in a class trial shooting a gun full of bullets that have the truth written on them and then being told, and now you're going to do a rhythm mini game and then being told now you're going to play hangman, right? Like every aspect of the game is in alignment with what it wants to be doing in terms of the energy it wants to bring and the, the shifts in energy and how it wants to keep you on its toes the whole way by doing things like that. Um, I mean, to some extent the game wants to keep you on its toes even in the serious moments, right? Because it wants you to believe that behind every door you could be finding some clue or you could be finding a murder at any given point. So you should never be like completely relaxed. Um, But that one, it doesn't necessarily nail because it does kind of like pretty easily choreograph when the murders are about to happen. Yeah. That's such a good point too, about just like the, the, the way that it just shifts so quickly between the tones. And I think that's what really, that's the part of the game that is so self-aware funny and i think that it it, it's so clear by like if you if you aren't convinced that it's that self-aware like just look at monokuma like as a character where Mm -hmm. he's this like goofy 
uh bear that 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 you know has all these jokes up their sleeve and is like fourth wall breaking and everything like that but but is also the the host of this horrible horrible atrocity that they've performed <laughs> and and like yeah i think that's that's great proof of that but yeah that's a that's a really good point because it when you go from like you said shooting those those truth bullets out to someone someone's last words and thoughts after they are going to be executed in front of everyone and publicly shamed for murdering someone like that could easily be such a real dramatic scene in a different game or like a different show or movie but it's not and that's such a cool choice to make that's like not what you expect at all and i, mm -hmm. I kind of love that and i think that hearing you say that and, and taking my own thoughts on it i think that's something that's so like it's so early 2010s it's such a i don't know what it is about it it's like those like bunnies that are like just fucking kill me you know what i mean oh you know my god oh my about? god i forgot about that like the book and web comics about bunnies just killing themselves right yeah it's got Holy that such shit. such that energy that like i i i kind of, i'm kind of nostalgic for it even though i didn't experience it because it, it definitely comes from that era really really easily yeah I uh, yeah, it's in talking about the game. I I appreciate what it did more than even when we streamed it. But I was yeah, I was pretty bothered by the end of the stream. I guess w the only other question I do want to ask is what are we hoping? What specific improvements or changes are we hoping for V two? Because we're gonna, you know, we are going to stream V two, and we will probably start streaming it as of this recording. This on weekend. Friday. <laughs> on, yeah, on this yeah. coming Friday, the 19th of February. So, like, you know, we're going to get into it pretty fucking quickly here. So what are you hoping to see different in V2? I'm hoping for... I'm hoping to... 100% I'm hoping for the truth bullets to be fixed. I want reverse compatibility. I want mm -hmm. the bullets mm -hmm. to work for reverse. I want to see a more... I want to see a more engaging way to get clues other than be dragged around from scene to scene or like check marks to be like, have you been in X room or Y room or, or even possibly like extra optional ones that it's like, well, you don't need this, but it'll make it much, much easier kind of thing. Or like mm -hmm. conversations. I'm looking for a little bit of a branching path and things, not entirely because I don't think that's possible with this format, but I would love to see. I just want to see different things. I just, I don't want to fucking play Hangman again, okay? I don't want to play DDR. I don't want to play bad DDR where you right click as someone just says, no, ugh, you're so wrong. That's bullshit. And then you just have to right click every time they say so something. Bad. I don't want to do that again. And they're like, you know what would make this better? If you couldn't see when you're supposed to right click. Haha, <laughs> fun mechanics. And the beat is never on the point. So oh, anyways, so good. I just don't want to see that. And I, 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 I hope that I actually, I, I was thinking about the front of the game had so many more when you had like free time and you talked to people. It had so many more things where it's like, okay, have you been paying attention to what this person does and says? Because if you do, you can befriend them. But if you don't, like, then y mm -hmm. you don't. And it just devolved into giving people gifts, which is fun because you you just match the trope to the gift, really. But yeah. I would much rather it where it's like, okay, we have to be listening to this person and understand their uh, 
who they are and what they did. Kind of like a little pop quiz. Yeah. So yeah, those are those are what I'm hoping for. I I I definitely agree with that last one. I hope that they give a little more. Um, I hope that they require a little bit more paying attention in order to further relationships with characters. Um, and obviously, I want I want new mini games just because it's fun to watch new mini games. You're the one that's going to be playing it, so you know, kind of whatever. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I think my two biggest wishes though are I hope they I know they won't, but I hope they cut down on the repeated exposition. You know, we, mm-hmm. you know, we, you would get flashbacks to scenes that happened 20 minutes ago. It's like, <laughs> I was there. I remember Bro, the Makoto sleeping where, where Mukuro <laughs> had the knife. We literally saw this scene, this, 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 this drawing, like I, I swear maybe 30 times. It, it couldn't it have been meme. less than It was a meme by the 20. end of it. It would come up and Duncan would cheer screaming. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> The fucking Sorry meme. to interrupt, I, but yeah, I hope you, we get. Yeah. I, so I hope we we cut back on that again. I don't think we will, but I hope we do, because to some extent that's just an anime trope. Um, mm-hmm. And then the other thing I hope is I do want more. I want more branching paths. I don't, you know, I don't think it needs to be like what you know, because obviously the ideal is like, oh, you know, different people die and that changes the story. Like that's not going to happen, and I'm okay yeah. with that. Maybe it'll happen in V3, definitely not in V2. They're not going to do it in the middle of a narrative, but, like, one of my favorite moments of all time was committing to saying, oh, well, I understand what happened here. I'm choosing to express what I know instead of hide what I know, and it led to an alternate ending we got for the game where, you know, a bunch of people died and four of us lived in the school forever for the rest of our lives. <laughs> like had kids and shit and it like yeah. the ending was just like a picture of hey here's your life with these kids and it was the wildest shit and then it brought us back but like i want them to commit to having dialogue options even if it just goes to like a funny random ending because i think that i mean it adds some degree of weight but it's just it's so much fun i just want more of that type of thing because i feel like they didn't explore it enough in this game yeah, I love how if you lose the game, like like you run out of health for some reason, they're like, okay, everyone thinks it was you, and you die, and everyone else dies, and nothing matters. <laughs> it's like, okay, like, thanks. Why? Nobody was thinking it was me just now. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's because you were like... You, you brought up a point that didn't make any sense, so they're like, that's fucking suspicious. But yeah. anyways, uh, yeah, I, I, I and I really hope... The last thing I'll say that I really hope for is that we don't get the same tropes over again. I don't want another like ultimate bike gang leader. I don't want no. another like ultimate athlete unless they switch it up a little bit with the characteristics. So, do you think I we're really getting hope... another set of ultimates or do you think it'll just be a set of characters now that they're not doing like the ultimate assumingly they're not doing like an ultimate high school type thing? I think it's going to be ultimate still. I don't know why, but I, I, I have a feeling it's going to be. I also have a feeling it's going to be, but I don't know for sure that it is. And I hope it's not necessarily because I don't know how many more tropes they can pull from. But <laughs> yeah. we'll find out. We'll find we'll out together. To f- find out Friday at twitch.tv slash thoughts from player one. That's where you can check us out on Twitch. Twitter is at thoughts from p1 our email is thoughts from player one at gmail.com and and we have a facebook you just could search for it if you want to check out any of our other episodes you can find those wherever you find other podcasts we are legally obligated if you cannot find it somewhere we must put it on there and pay you 300 dollars bounty cash what? hold on 
what? 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 No, no, no. Legally. No, 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 no. Legally. No, 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 no. Not true. This comes not from true. Alex's bank. This is not true. No, that's wrong. <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> um. So yeah, that's that's pretty much the end of the episode and, and our plugs. Do we do we have anything else to say about this game? Uh, no, I think that's it. Like I said, we're going to be streaming V2 on Friday. Very excited to to hop into that. Um, you again, if if the, if you somehow made it through this whole episode and are still interested in the game and you didn't play it the first time, you can catch all of our vods on YouTube um, by just searching Thoughts from Player One and then check it all out from there. Otherwise, yeah, I'm. I'm just I'm very excited to see what the future holds for this game and this series and 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 super excited to also maybe go finish the stage play a little bit, you know. Oh my god, I <laughs> cannot wait to finish the, the stage, stage play. Maybe the we stage get to play watch more amazing, fucking guys. sexy Monokuma pajama dancers. <laughs> Holy that was shit, what they guys. decided to do. You got to watch the little bit of the stage play. It's so good. Just search Danganronpa stage play and just live in it a little bit. I've okay. said it before. I'll say it again. Cornflakes knocked it out of the park. Cornflakes is the only company I care about now. <laughs> All right. Well, that was it for today. Catch you guys in two weeks. We're going to be playing um, uh, I think Echo. We are, I think we set it on. We're going to try to play Echo uh, developed by Ultra Ultra. So we'll we'll probably be be playing through that. So give us a, give us a shot if you're interested in, in playing along with us. Otherwise, we're excited to, to maybe talk about something. something neither one of us have a lot of knowledge about going into with that being said then introducing in the left corner the unstoppable michael hey unstoppable just um following up with you because i don't see your plant fact anywhere in the dropbox is everything okay Oh. Oh, dude, I'm so sorry. You said you have anthracnose? Well, are your leaves okay? How how did you get this? Huh. Okay. So you saw like brown and yellow sp spots on your leaves? My god, that's so scary. Yeah, no. Jesus, that sounds awful i mean i can't i can't really imagine what it must feel like to have a group of fungi like that just you know attack you and and i know you're a sycamore so it's it's easier with your background yeah uh-huh well yeah i mean please keep your leaves on uh, we wouldn't want you to lose them or you know anything worse to happen uh-huh well I mean, yeah, I hope you get that appointment soon for your uh, systemic uh, fungicide injection. Yeah, I hope that I hope that comes soon. Yeah, no, of course. Yeah, we can wait for the plant fact a different time. Yeah, of course. Yeah, please keep healthy. Bye.